You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It was hard because I didn't expect to have to do vocals. I mean, I can sing, you know, I can sing clean, I can I can shout, but I, I don't know how to um, do it healthily. I'm still learning now with um, Melissa Cross. She's really helping me. And my, my problem was I, I can't not do it from my throat. So, you know, it really hurts and I, I can taste blood after it and it's just really bad. Uh, so I was really scared about doing it in the studio. We had two weeks. We did one week's worth of vocals and we listened back and it it was really bad. It was bad. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did because I was at Kanawaki Brewing because they just launched the brand new Cryptopsy collab, which was brewed as a part of brutal North America, cold haze, warm blood, the double New England IPA with blood orange. That clocks in at 8.5%. It is is delicious it is only available sadly at kenawaki brewing but it is most definitely worth the trip if you can get out there this fox and hops episode is presented by heavy montreal heavy montreal is montreal's premier metal promoter they put on a bunch of sick metal shows throughout the year but more than that they also put on one of north america's best festivals and that's the absolute truth i have played festivals all across the globe and heavy montreal is up there with the best of them i am beyond stoked to have heavy montreal behind the vox and hops metal podcast I'm very stoked to tell you that I've teamed up with Indie Merch Store to launch the official Vox and Hops Merch Store. Indie Merch Store makes some of the best merchandise, so it makes perfect sense that I got my merch up there. You can head on over to my website, voxandhops.com slash merch. That's V-O-X-8-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com slash merch because there's a whole bunch of sick merch designs available for you there. When you're checking out, make sure you use that promo code VOXHOPS10, that's V-O-X-H-O-P-S-10, and you will save 10% on your entire order. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to tell a friend about the podcast. If you have someone in your life that is a metalhead that enjoys craft beer, well, tell them about the podcast. You can tell them that there are over 280 episodes for them to go and listen to right now with some of the world's best metal artists. And that those episodes are available for free on their favorite podcast platform. Platform. If you were to encourage one of your friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, on today's episode, I'm with old Drake of Evil. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 283. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with old Drake of Evile. I'm very, very stoked to be with you. Let's start with a very simple yet complex question. How did you cope with the glorious year of 2020, which is now behind us? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> no, um, it, it was it was okay. I mean, I, I got to see uh, the family a lot more. Um, the, the upside of having an album in, in the writing process meant I had a lot more time to write so we could like, you know, if you release an album, you kind of look back and think, oh, I should have done that. 
we we kind we kind of pre-released it without releasing it so it was like okay let's let's go back and listen to it now you know because we didn't have the chance to release it yet so it was a, a blessing in disguise i think time having having far more time time at home with the the loved ones which is amazing of course and and the fact that it's not us telling our band that we want to be home for stuff <laughs> and then being that guy that's putting you know the the wrench in the spokes of the moving vehicle yeah was nice last summer was very nice to 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 spend at time at home we're typically playing all the festivals which is great and we love it right but but to have a whole summer at home was something special. But now, after a year of it, we're ready to get back out there. And absolutely, I totally agree about uh, having time to, to dissect what you're writing and really feel the music and having to time to step back. And, and the labels, too, gave us way more time, too, which was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool to be like, you know, you're releasing an album, but you're not playing any gigs, and usually... You'd, you'd be in some <laughs> shit for that, but <laughs> now, now we have nothing but time. So let's just hang out. Vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their life, talking about metal and talking about craft beer. Now, now it's very early in the morning for you. So you're not drinking a beer. I, I got, I got like an hour's sleep before this. Cause I have to be up like maybe four hours after this. <laughs> so, <laughs> it would be counterintuitive so i'm gonna drink for both of us this is a bading badang bading badang i got that right uh, <laughs> it's a collab between uh Bruch, le brew shop brasserie artisanale and ral buck from here in quebec uh it is to celebrate i feel like it's their third anniversary or fourth anniversary of la brew shop this is a triple ipa clocks in a 10.5 percent abv shout out to pa wow the ral buck rep for hooking me up with this one i'm gonna crack this one open and pour it out while you tell me about your very first beer do you remember the first beer you drank all um my first beer, I don't think I had beer first, which is hard to remember. So I think I had whiskey first. Um, I, I, I think my first beer was something like a Carlsberg from, I think it's, is it Danish, Denmark? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it tasted like shit. I, I just, I hated <laughs> it. I think I was like 15, 16, like, um, when we started gigging, like as a covers band, we'd just get paid in beers. And uh-huh. it was like, okay, cool. That's disgusting. <laughs> and then I acquired Where's my money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I acquired the taste. I don't later. want this. <laughs> Whiskey first. That's crazy. What's that story? Um, I, I think it's to do with our old bassist, Mike, who's no, sadly no longer with us. He, he introduced me to drinks like... He he was a lot older than all of us, and yeah, he, he just introduced me to drinks like whiskey and coke, uh, rum and coke. Um, so yeah, he was a he was a bad a good bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone into the the nefarious world of craft beer, the slippery slope of of the world of craft beer? Have you dive dove into that yet? I, I must admit, and up until recently, I I. I didn't like it, but um, there's a brewery near us um, in Huddersfield uh, that does some really nice stuff, and I got a box set of like a collection of all of them. And I'm, I must say, I, I am. I think I am being converted right now. Yeah, it's perfect. What, what would be the beer that that the style of beer that really converted you? Well, 
because I'm closer to, you know, lager beer, like the typical uh-huh. beer, things that are closer to that, I think, are, are going to be my um, bridge over, you know, the, the strong ones, you know, the really dark ones, it's still too much for me. So I think I need to, you know, dip my toe in a bit first. <laughs> <laughs> so so a 10.5% mad hazy IPA may not be the best place to start. I can smell the hops from here. It's well, crazy I, I can, citrus floral. I can see the hops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it smells to me. It's, it's, it smells a bit boozy, actually, which, which they typically don't. Uh, I'll say cheers to you, even though you're not drinking. But. Well, I've, I've got water, but... You know, not vodka. I'll say it's vodka. There you go. You're that. You're that evil. <laughs> you're that evil. Um, juicy, uh, boozy bite, but super crushable nonetheless. Killer brew, killer brew. Let's talk about the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents and guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Well, my my mom and dad uh, were you know kids of the '60s and '70s and we pretty much just had um, Queen, uh, hmm. Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple. Uh, we, we had a picture, a painting of Jimi Hendrix on the wall in our living room. Really? Uh, yeah, my dad was a guitarist in the 60s and he was in a few bands. He, his band actually supported a lot of the the big bands now before they were like known. So he supported Black Sabbath before they were Sabbath. They were called... I think Earth or something. Crazy. Um, King Crimson when they were small and just all, all these bands. So he's, he's got some cool stories. But uh, yeah, it's, it all comes from my dad. I think he was a guitarist and it was just all rock. You know, all the classic rock bands. The Queen mainly. Queen was a, a main staple. That's amazing to have that history and that culture in your household. Was it something like, was he still gigging? When you were old enough to go see, did you go watch your dad play gigs? No, I, I only just recently saw him. Uh, he kind of stopped in the 70s because he had kids, us, me and Matt. Uh, and I think life got in the way. But, um, yeah, he, he he's really good. He's kind of like, a, um, you know, Carlos Santana kind of thing. Hmm. He's more about bends than about shredding, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for yourself, uh, to, to get into becoming a guitarist, was it directly because your dad was a guitarist or did they come totally different? A lot of the time we want to rebel from our parents and do the opposite of what they did. Yeah, I, I didn't want to rebel at all. My parents were fine. My, they were great. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's kind of a subconscious thing. I, I think guitar was there all the time because of my dad, mm-hmm. even if I, I wasn't interested at the time, but... Then my brother picked it up, and then I picked it up through my brother. And it was just always there. You know, guitar music was always there. Then my brother got into, like, Metallica and everything. And then it was just, you know, balls to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) What would have been that first gig, the first show that you went to go see? My first live show was in the year 2000, and it was Cannibal Corpse with... No way. Yeah, with Creator and Chrisian. And wow, I, I, how old was I? Um, 16. And I just, I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on, but it was, it was amazing. <laughs> you know, I, I remember, um, Corpse Grinder was on the merch desk and I, th- really? I thought I'm going to go and buy some merch. So I walked up and, and George looked at me and like, I'm 16 and shy as hell. And I just like turned away and walked away. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I really want the shirt, but Corpse Grinder. <laughs> 
This is before we knew that he was a teddy bear, yeah. right? <laughs> before the internet and, and, you know, well, the internet was there at that point, but the, the explosion of having no privacy and everyone sharing everything yeah. on social media. Yeah. When the illusion, the illusion was still present that he was actually a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's quite a big guy. <laughs> teddy bear. Oh, yeah. I've toured with him. Excellent, super nice, cool too. Oh, cool. <laughs> How about your first time on stage? My first time on stage, I was doing a double shift, so I was playing drums with another band, and then it was with Evil. But at, at the time, we were called Metal Militia, so it was just Metallica covers. Mm. Um, it was in a place called Halifax over here. It was kind of like a like college students were there getting drunk for the first time, kind of thing, and someone got a brick thrown at their face and there was blood everywhere Jeez. all over and it was a pretty cool first gig to be honest <laughs> um yeah my first experience was just it was bizarre because we were playing to a crowd who did not give a shit about heavy music you know they're, they're like i don't know u2 and arctic monkeys some of the other bands were playing that kind of stuff and then we came on and it was metallica and everyone was just like what the fuck is yeah. this <laughs> so it was weird we're trying one. to have conversations yeah it was a strange one but it was cool <laughs> it's those early gigs right you, you got to get that gig it doesn't matter what the bill is you just want to get onto that stage yeah exactly yeah and you have to you got to climb out of the jam room and get up onto the stage because every show is worth seven jams. I tell kids this all the time. Yeah, true. I mean, if we ever played a gig where there was literally no one there, we just treat it like a a paid rehearsal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which definitely happens sometimes, oh, yes. even even at, at our level. <laughs> we, we had the, one of the funniest ones. We were, so, I think we were in Wales or something, and you know, we were evil. We were playing thrash metal, you know, in the vein of Metallica. And no one was there. And then two guys walked in with Metallica shirts on. We were like, yes. They stood there for 30 seconds and left. No. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. And if you can't win, you can't yeah, win sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> How about the last show that you saw before everything got shut down? It was... Um, testament with exodus and death angel in, mm -hmm. in manchester it was really good but it was it was strange because we all knew it was going to lock down the day after that so everyone was a bit because in england basically the news happened that coronavirus exists and for weeks we just our country just sat there like um uh, what should we do so everyone was saying we've got to lock down and we weren't, but it was, it got to the crunch time of that gig. We were at the gig. We were like, we're going to lock down tomorrow, aren't we? It's like, yeah, we are. So everyone was on edge. I think it was, a, it was really strange. It was really strange, but cool gig anyway. Absolutely. And then that became the tour where a lot of the people, they were the first metal celebrities to fall ill. Yeah. But with the COVID, as you'll, with coronavirus. As you'll know, a tour bus is the worst place to have viruses going around. Because <laughs> everyone has it. Yep. Even if it's just a simple cold, it will t travel throughout the entire tour bus. Because even though we're you know, touring at the level that we tour at the tour buses that we get don't have the best ventilation systems. Yes. If, if any, <laughs> and you know, we're hanging out We're we're 
close proximity. We're handling money at a merch table. It's you got to have a strong, strong immune system. <laughs> and if if you're a metal kid, you probably don't have. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we work on it. We work out. We eat healthy. We oh yeah, yeah. Fair soon. enough. <laughs> <laughs> the beer doesn't help, but <laughs> let's talk about Hell Unleashed. You're back in the band on vocals. That must have been fun. Come in attacking a record as a vocalist. This is the first time in a while, no? Uh, yeah, it, it was. It was. It was. It was hard because I didn't expect to have to do vocals. I mean, mm-hmm. I can sing. You know, I can sing clean. I can. I can shout, but I, I don't know how to um, do it healthily. I'm still learning now with um, Melissa Cross. She's really helping me. And amazing. My, my problem was. I, I can't not do it from my throat. So, you know, it really hurts and I, I can taste blood after it and it's just really bad. Uh, so I was really scared about doing it in the studio. We had two weeks. We did one week's worth of vocals and we listened back and it it was really bad. It was bad. And me and Chris Clancy, he worked with me on uh, techniques because he was taught by Melissa as well. And just one day it clicked and I found like my my way of doing it, and I was just I was so grateful <laughs> because it, it really <laughs> saved the album. It was just like yeah, now we can get on with it, you know. But it's it was daunting at first, but I've, I've got a lot more confidence now. So all good. I can only imagine that moment of when you went in to re-listen to that whole week's worth of work, and where you're realizing, and everyone else is real uh, probably has already realized that this is not working yeah it, it sounded like i was talking loud <laughs> and it just it just didn't work but it it worked out in the end yeah. before uh being a vocalist i'm extremely curious uh before you were in the studio tracking this had you screamed in a while did you used to scream on stage were you the guy that used to do backups i was just backing vocals you know so i just do the it wasn't even serious it would just be like you know making fun like shouting death and stuff you know okay yeah uh so I, I didn't really have a technique it was just shout now and then oh that hurt a bit oh oh well carry on uh i, I had mm-hmm. i did i didn't know anything about vocals or training or warm-ups or anything like that and i've learned so much in the past six months it's unbelievable <laughs> another very lucky circumstance with the pandemic to have that time yeah because if you were just thrown on tour you would have probably blown your voice yeah, ex- and yeah still being a metal machine kept doing it night after night until you probably did some permanent damage yeah so I, i'm really grateful for that we have a gig in i think our next one is in july if it happens nice. so i've got a few more mm-hmm. months to you know get it get it down talk to me about i've been using melissa cross since about 2000 and six every time before i scream it's something that i just go through her warm-ups i only really use the warm-ups i never did personal lessons with her did you actually book a lesson with her uh well i i started doing she does a a three course thing it's speak sing and scream Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm going through that but i'm also speaking to her and (laughs) the the other day i i sent her voice notes of me singing frank sinatra songs um, nice. just as a, a test for something and it's really helping me out because she's pointing out things that i need to do differently and you know i it's is vo- as you know vocals are so complicated 
It's a mystery. It's it's because you can't say, put your fingers here. Yeah. Hold the pick like this. No, no, your technique is wrong on, on like a double stroke on a drum, double bass, the swivel technique. It's all here. Exactly. And it's muscle control and it's air placement. It's it's many magical things happening at once when you nail it. And I, I think the hardest thing for me is if you think about singing too much, you can't sing. You have to mm. be able and to. And you're playing guitar. Yes. Yeah. So I have to switch off to sing, but I also have to think about playing and singing. It's crazy. I could never do that. I could, it's crazy. Be, and this is me being pure advice for you right now is once you master it in the studio, that's one thing. Then you have to master it in the jam room doing full sets. That's another thing that's extremely difficult. And then the even harder step is taking it live because then the adrenaline is there and then you're not putting those thoughts into yeah. motion to connect it's it's get ready because it's fun yeah I, <laughs> I'm, I'm studying the lyrics you know i'm doing everything i can but i know for a fact as soon as i get up there i'll be like um <laughs> i forget <laughs> it happens to me every time i stop screaming for a while i come in and i do some screams and it's typically my fry scream that i forget yeah how to do it or to make it come out properly and i'm like I come home from every jam, first jam, I tell my wife, I suck. It's over. It's finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next jam is always better, but it just, it takes that time to, to reconnect with your muscles and always first show of every tour sucks. I don't know if it's the same for yeah. you guys, but for Cryptopsy, absolutely a horror show. <laughs> I, I think it takes us two or three to get into it. So yeah, I understand. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, let's talk about uh, how you guys have been staying in contact with your fans. I, I've seen that you've been doing a bunch of Twitch stuff where you play your tracks at a higher um, <laughs> tempo. I think that's super cool that you do that. But what what else has uh, Evile been doing to stay in contact with their fans during the pandemic? Um, to be honest, not much. We've been so busy with the album uh, that now it's out. We can finally properly interact. So I'm doing my Twitch. Um, we're, we're all on Instagram, Twitter and everything like that. Uh, we we just didn't want to um, overshare before the album came out because it's been eight years since the last Evil album, yeah, and, yeah. and for us to constant constantly be online saying what we're doing, I think it it's just rubbing salt in the wound for some people. It was just like you know, <laughs> sh sh just shut up and release the album, you know. <laughs> so it's a breath of fresh air to be able to just 
have the album out now and we can talk and interact and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you did do some cool things on the record. You got Brian Poston on Gore. I think that's super sick. How did that come together? He's he's one of you know the most important comedic metal humans on the planet. H- how did you get him on your record? Um, he's actually been on one before. He uh, back in I think two thousand has he? Yeah, uh, two thousand ten. Someone sent me a screenshot of the Sarah Silverman show, and it was Brian mm. wearing an Eval shirt, and I was like, really? "Holy shit!" So I, I got talking to him. He he did backing vocals on our song Cult back in 2011 it's kind of like our anthemic kind of song and but it wasn't really you know advertised or headlines saying brian posey blah, blah. Uh, but this time around it's a lot more you know it, it says featuring brian posey in the song and everything and it, it wasn't really meant to be that i just emailed him like oh do you want to do some backing vocals again yeah cool okay uh, we didn't mean for it to be like Eval taps Brian Posehn for da da da. You know, it was just a, a, an innocent email, but oh well. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy, and it, the fact that he took the time to do that in between doing all his, you know, god tier work is just amazing. Really cool. I'm sure it means so much to him too. If he's a, you know, when you're a fan of a band and you get to be a part of it, I'm sure he's just as stoked as you guys were to have him on it. Yeah, it, it, I hope so. I remember we, we played the whiskey um, in 2010 and he was going to get up on stage and we were going to play uh, Creeping Death. Mm. And we were all psyched. We were like, yeah, Brian's coming to play Metallica. And then he, he got to the show and was like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. Um, are you ready to play? And he just went, ah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you got to push him, just that one extra push. Yeah, he did a work. Come on, Brian. Yeah, no. <laughs> it did happen. <laughs> oh. Uh, Evil is going to go on the road, is going to tour eventually after, you know, everything comes back to normal. Uh, will this be one of the first times you're out on the road without your brother? Yeah, the first time, yeah. He, you know, he, he's been in the band since 1999 when we, when we started doing the covers. And, um, I mean, we, we know it's been coming for a while because... Mm-hmm. We were waiting for the lyrics and the vocals for so long that we just thought he, he doesn't have time for this anymore. And it will be weird, but also Matt kind of kept himself to himself a lot. So after shows and stuff, if if we went out somewhere, Matt just wasn't a a going out person. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he, a, a vocalist, he, kept, he liked to rest his voice and, you know, not be around smoky areas. So I understand. I do understand. Uh, but you know, it's, it will be weird. I, I, I don't know until I do it, you know, it's, it's going to be weird. I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) It's a strange thing. I've done it with my bassist. Ollie plays in cattle decapitation as well. And there was a tour, one of our last tours, which is basically two years ago. Now it baffles me when I think about that. He was in the studio with cattle uh and we had a good friend dom grimal on tour with us but i remember the first few nights looking around and feeling like something was missing we had dom that was there as an extra but but all these like a big personality so so to it felt like there was a voice so i can imagine those it will take some time to adapt being out on the road without him yeah i mean we're rehearsing now and we're, we're kind of looking at it like back to square one you know it's a fresh start so with that angle, it, it's okay, you know, it's, Matt did amazing work, and now we're looking at it like it's, this is the new, 
incarnation of Evile, so <laughs> it's it's not a problem. It's just a bit strange. No. <laughs> You're definitely also going to have to adapt your your party lifestyle, being the vocalist. But I've got you. You, you probably understand. You've, I've got two kids. I haven't drunk in a while, and if I have one beer, it's like it goes straight to my head now. I, I'm at that point, yeah. Because when when my Mrs. Natalie was pregnant, I thought I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to be that guy. So you're a good husband. I'll, <laughs> I'll stop. And then <laughs> the baby's born, and then I I didn't feel like drinking again. I was like, no, I'll leave it for a while. Uh, but then I got back on it, and then another baby, no more drinking. And especially with uh, learning with Melissa and the vocal stuff. Unfortunately, I suffer from acid reflux and alcohol isn't the best thing to have. So I'm just trying to find my balance with everything, you know, all the things that flare it up and yeah. <laughs> the joys of being a singer, but I, I, I appreciate that you care so much and that you're taking it seriously and you're just going to kill it. You're going to kill it. I want to talk about you filling in on guitar with people because, uh, or doing, working with people. Uh, you fill them with Destruction, Guar, but the one that I'm most curious about is Tim Mitchum, who I love. Yeah. How did this happen? If people don't know who Tim Mitchum is, he's an Australian comedic musician. Yeah. He would be the best description. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Um, a genius. I, I don't a hundred percent know the background of how or why it happened. I know that Tim tweeted something saying, I'm playing at Sonisphere this weekend in the UK. Are there any musicians there that anyone knows of that would get up and play? And that was the last I knew. Now, apparently our manager at the time, uh, Julie Weir, she met him at a party like the night before the festival, maybe the two nights before the festival and just mentioned my name and, and then she didn't hear anything. And then the day, the day of the festival, it was like, you're going to play with Tim Minchin. And I, I was like, okay, what song are we playing? It's like rock and roll nerd. Like, I'm a fan of Tim Minchin, but I don't know his songs as well as I know a, Sl yeah, a Slayer yeah. song or anything. <laughs> so it was literally me with a phone, with the song, learning it. I, I think I listened to, to it three times. And then I got to meet Tim. And then we we did an air rehearsal. We, we There was no way to rehearse the song, so... It was literally me stood in front of Tim Minchin, him going da 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 I don't need to ask you if you can play Stairway to Heaven right. You're a guitarist. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can play it. <laughs> and it was really cool. You know, I, I had lunch with him as well. And he's a really, really cool guy. And I, I'm not even saying that because everyone says that about people. Oh, he's a nice guy. But he's really, really nice. He's, he's great. Really cool guy. 
huge fan love what he does and when i saw that you were connected i was like i have to ask him. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just too cool it's it's the, the the crossing of worlds you know he's not metal at all he, he's but he's extremely talented very witty uh sharp wit uh, funny as hell uh love it and catchy catchy songs yeah he's he's, that, that. he's great and it was such a surreal day it was very weird but great <laughs> yeah. i love it i love it uh if evil could make a beer with a craft beer you, you mentioned that you don't want anything high abv what style of beer would you make and what would you call it We've actually been having this discussion recently because of the brewery that's near us, and I was saying it'd be great to have an Eval beer. Uh, we've got a few song titles that I think would make a cool name for a beer. Like we we've done a song about the the film The Thing from ni- nineteen eighty two, and I, I thought The Thing would be cool. Just gonna have a thing. <laughs> uh, but we also our third album is called um, Five Serpents Teeth. And we actually brought out an energy drink called um, Serpent Venom. And I thought something along the lines of Venom or, I don't know, something like that would be cool. I think Joel and Ben, our bassist and drummer, are a lot more into uh, the the IPAs and stuff. So I think they'd lead more towards the darker, heavier kind of stuff, which, you know, I'd I'd be fine with because I do like it. I just need to get used to it. So probably something like that. You need to get on onto tour and, and, and make a few bad decisions and explore some craft beers. When you got a day off the next day and you could rest your voice and not have to wake up with the little ones in the morning. Let's wrap this up with one last question. Classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. It doesn't happen to you recently because you've been a very, very good human, uh, taking care of your voice, uh, taking care of your children, um, staying sober with your pregnant uh, partner but every once in a while it happens to everyone what is your hangover cure oh wow um if i'm if i'm completely honest everything i've tried that everyone says is a hangover cure never worked for me so all i do is drink lots of water and feel really sorry for myself (laughs) that's all i can do nothing else works I don't really have a cure. (laughs) It's amazing. I love it. I love it. And it's very true because, you know, a hangover is just massive dehydration. So you're you're onto the right step right there. (laughs) I think like a burger, you know, greasy food, something horrible, you know. (laughs) Oh, thank you so, so much for taking the time hanging out with me, talking about your life, metal and craft beer. I love it. Everyone, go listen to Hell Unleashed. It came out on April 30th via Napalm Records. I'm stoked about it. Oh, thank you so, so much for taking the time hanging out with me. I really appreciated it. Cheers. No, thanks for having me, Matt. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, I had a great chat with all. I really appreciate the fact that he took a nap, woke up to have a chat with me, and then had to go back to bed because he had to work the next day. Uh, very grateful for that because uh, we had an awesome conversation. I feel like we really connected. I can't wait to hang out with Ole again in person. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcasts mailing list. You can do that on my website. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And when you do that, 
that you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. So please do me a favor, sign up to that mailing list because there's just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I would hate for you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming up this Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. <laughs>